All right, well, what do you make of that, Blue Jays fans? Six to the final score, Blue Jays beating the Boston Red Sox in the first of a four-game series. 416-870-0590, star 591-888-666-0590. Those are the numbers to call. Have your say. Talk to Blue Jays fans. Talk to Kevin Barker and myself. Kevin, I think it's safe to say, based on the reaction of his teammates in the dugout and as he was running the bases, that even though it's early in the year, there were a lot of Bo Bichette's teammates that were happy to see him hit a Grand Slam tonight. A Grand Slam's great anytime, but I really got the sense that was the team that needed to see Bo Bichette do that. Yeah, well, for, first of all, you see a rash. A rash, when he's having his little interview with Bo there, and Vladdy and, and Lourdes come out and want to dump the bucket on him, a rash got to do a better job of selling that. Wait a little longer. You know, he just got a giant hit. Let him tip that thing on his head a little bit. Get him a little wet instead of hitting him on the backside of rash. I need you to do a little bit better than that. Have a little bit better timing. Jeff, whenever I struggled, I wanted to do it around my teammates. I wanted to go in the cage and ask teammates, what do you see? That's the best way sometimes to, to get some good information. And you could tell he's been around George Springer in the cage. You could tell he's been around Vladdy and Lourdes. You can tell they've been trying to get him through this. Bo's a very aggressive hitter. Sometimes when you're that aggressive, you lose your balance. And, and that's sort of what's been happening with him. He's been searching for that because of the, you're seeing him use the two-strike approach. Oh, oh, sometimes he's a lot in between. Mentally, you really don't know how to attack baseballs. You don't know how to attack certain pitchers. You know, he's, he's just sort of trying to feel his way through it. And when you have the, you know, when you're dropping the back elbow and you're trying to get that barrel in the hitting zone as quick as you can and you're an inside-out guy, sometimes when you're swinging outside the zone, you lose your balance. So, you know, I, 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 I've been there before. I understand what it feels like to struggle. I, you know, expectations are there. Uh, it's They're asking a lot from Bo. And I'm sure him running around the bases, he was thinking to himself, man, it's about time. Now we go. That's what well, he's thinking. And, and let's let's talk about the recent games Bo Bichette has had. We've seen some errors. We've seen a couple of errors, costly errors, errors that led directly to runs. I would argue an error that led directly to a loss in one instance. Tonight, he saw two pitches in his first two at-bats, grounding into a double play in his first at-bat, and then just a, a routine 4-3 in his next at-bat. Then he strikes out swinging before he hits, before he hits that 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 grand slam he was trying to go to the opposite field wasn't he yeah it sure looked like it well he's got he got a natural inside out swing and when you know he's trying to backside it and you can see his his back legs falling across the plate like that it just looked like he's in between the leg kick it's been that way it was that way most of the year last year he's even came on our show and told us that mm-hmm. you know the leg kick's just not been there for him he, he really don't know how high to kick it you know when he's in between he's just not getting it down on time and and that that is not allowing him to get the barrel where he wants it to go and that's why you're seeing the different approach basically every single time he walks at the plate. This is what great hitters do. When they struggle this way, that they, you know, they, they sort of bring their lunch pail to work. They get in the cage, and you can tell by just the way the reaction was from his teammates, George Springer, that they've been in the cage together trying to work on some things and, and iron some things out. And, 
You know, the, the first against a guy like Nathan Avaldi, you give him a break. He got a couple good heaters right down the middle. He's late. I mean, that dude has electric stuff. And Bo being right-handed and struggling is probably not the best matchup for him today. And then you get a guy in the game that's not throwing as hard. And now he can all he can think is just get a ball up. That's a strike. If I can do that, I give myself a chance. And when he got it, he didn't miss it. Yeah, we got to talk about Nathan Ivaldi a bit. He was overpowering for most of the game, but he's as 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 Pat and Dan pointed out, he's given up seven home runs already this year. Like he does have electric stuff. There's there's no doubt about that. You you can watch it. I mean, just ninety eight is easy, easy peasy ninety eight. But Kevin, what is it about him that makes him so susceptible to home runs? And, I, and listen, I I get that I get that major league major league hitters can hit, you know, they can hit velo. I get that. But he's got run in his pitches as well. What is, is it just a matter of him missing location? Yeah, he throws five pitches. When you throw five pitches throughout an entire game, sooner or later you're going to throw one of them where you don't want it to go. And mm-hmm. good hitters are going to make you pay for it. And that's what you saw is he shook in the Lourdes at bat. He had him, I think, 0-2, and he shook. He didn't want to throw back-to-back – or he did want to throw back-to-back sliders. He looked to me like the catcher was wanting to throw an elevated fastball. He shook to another right. slider, and Lourdes, being the, the hot hitter that he is, made him pay for that. And then the Chapman homer was a cutter right down the middle at 90 miles an hour after he'd thrown fastballs right by him. That, that to me, was – sometimes you can have too many. Sometimes you can overthink yourself – and this is sort of Nathan Avaldi. He can dominate you, but because he has so many pitches that he wants to go to sooner or later, he's going to hang one, throw one down the middle, and that's what happens. Well, this is always great when you get a caller who basically is going to say what you were going to say. I swear to God, I was just about I was just about to spin this narrative, but luckily Rattan and Mississauga called up. Rattan, tell us all the positives you saw out of this game. Yeah, Jeff, like like you said, I honestly I don't have a complaint out of this game because like uh, uh like uh, Barker was just saying, uh, Chapman Chapman didn't get out on a slump, but he hit a nice home run. Lourdes is getting in a good groove right now. I heard uh Tabby say that on the call. That's looking real nice, especially with Tay Oscar coming back in hopefully in about two weeks or so. I'm I'm very happy about that for Lourdes. And like you said, Bichette. Bichette's glove for the entirety of the season. It was looking slick. The defense was great. You were just all waiting for that little breakout game that uh, that he was going to have. Today was the day, kind of timely, especially with the June Lee article, talking about how he's taking on like a leadership role, yep. being more vocal in the clubhouse, being much more of a leader now with Simeon gone. So he's taking that upon himself. That's great to see. And he went out with a bang today with the home run. And then the war coach, Barrios. He gave us a solid seven innings, looking like the guy that he was last year, grounding back into form at a great time, much needed. Honestly, Jeff, I got no complaints about today. This is just happy days today. We beat a division rival. It, it's just it's rainbows and sunshines today. <laughs> Rattan, listen, th- th- thanks for the call. That, that was a really good point. And I was going to make that point about Jose Barrios, Kevin. Look, we all, everybody's got all the confidence in the world in Jordan Romano. There's no doubt about it. You know, he 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 gave up the home run to Jeremy Payne yesterday. That's going to happen. The streak is over. Yada yada, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's nice. It's nice to not need to go back to him right away. It's after all these one run games. It's nice to have a bit of a breather here, right? Jordan Romano got up, got a little bit of work in. Then he got to sit down. Now I can come back tomorrow fresh. We've talked about 
the Jays bullpen. And if you look at the numbers, you've got you got some really good numbers in terms of whip, opponents batting average against. You got some numbers that might cause you to be a little concerned in terms of strikeouts per nine innings. But the thing that I like, Kevin, is this this no longer are you seeing the Blue Jays among the top three teams in baseball in terms of relief innings pitched. And that's because your starters are more often than not getting you to a point where you can get into the meat of the bullpen. And I thought was what what Jose Barrios did tonight, uh, you know, a, a, after that after that first inning and then and then the bases loaded situation and getting the great defense from George Springer, all that stuff, all that stuff. That was just that was almost the perfect game. Almost a perfect game for the Blue Jays. Yeah, it was. Well, there's a couple of things that stood out for me for Barrios was uh, coming into the game, lefties, uh, you know, were, were doing really well off him. They were hitting 500, uh, OPS of over 1,400. Lefties tonight were 0 for 7 with a walk. That's really good. You limit the damage. He faced three lefties in that lineup. He worked through them. He made the good pitch when he had to. And, and I don't know if, if you'd noticed, Jeff, but – Pitching out of the windup for whatever reason, he just seems like he'd been in a hurry. At least the first three starts where it just didn't look like everything uh, was in, in tune, was connected. Uh, it looked like he was a little rushed. The the arm was lagging. Looks like his stride was a little bit too long. Tonight out of the windup, he was uh, he faced 19 batters. They were three for 19 with four Ks. Two of those were no two counts. But that was much better. Like he looked like he'd gained some more confidence. Uh, he, he looked like he was being able to control his pitches a little bit better in his windup, and that's what you have to do. That deception that he can have, because when you're facing these teams back-to-back starts, you got to have a little deception in your windup. you got to be able to work through a batter or two that way, and just be, him being better out of the windup tonight, for me at least, allowed him to go seven innings. Yeah, I wanted to ask you that as well, because we made that point in the last start that his next start was going to be against the same team, against the Red Sox. Kevin Gossman, same thing happening. Did you notice anything different in the way he attacked the Red Sox hitters tonight compared to his previous start against them? Yeah, not really. You know, the third time through, you could tell he's he like he's trying to throw his more changeups. Uh, the location and the arm speed on the changeup third time through the order was really good. He tried to elevate the fastball, which didn't always work. Uh, his sinker, he hasn't had his sinker his last two starts. He didn't have it in in the yeah. last start against the Red Sox, and that would tell you the deception that he's got, the late movement that he's got. He's got enough run on his four seamer that right now, I guess he just doesn't need his sinker as much. But I think when you're starting to see him falling into place, the way he wants to fall into place, the sinker will be working. Uh, the changeup will feed off of that. It's just a different uh, mile per hour. It's take the sting out of the bat, and then he elevate the fastball, and he can work the fastball more all quadrants of the strike zone because of the sinker. But I just honed in on out of the windup. Just seemed like up until tonight, out of the windup for whatever reason, he didn't look comfortable. And the more mm-hmm. he threw out of the windup tonight, the better off he looked. And that for me can get you through a couple of batters that you normally wouldn't get through just because of the deception and hard to pick it up and late life on it. And he's real good. This is if this is what you can expect from him. This is going to take pressure off of Charlie to not have to go to guys early in games that he doesn't want to go to, especially against teams like the Red Sox. Right, and we're going to talk about that on on Blair and Barker tomorrow on Sportsnet 590, the fan from 10 to noon. We're going to talk a little bit about, not going to pick apart the bullpen here because the bullpen's been really good, but the bullpen, we've pointed this out, there's not a lot of swing and miss stuff in that bullpen, and that has to have an impact. That has to have an impact on how Charlie Montoyo manages the game. So we'll deal with that in, 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 in greater detail. 
in greater detail to more because it explains really in, in, in some reasons to me, it explains why Adam Simber was in, uh, was in when he, when he was in. And again, not, that's not the cast a negative on it. The bullpen is doing their job, but you know, as Tabby mentioned during the telecast night, there are times where you don't want the ball in play. You know, that, that's just, it's, there are times where you don't want the ball in play. We saw it happen tonight. Uh, but again, Bo Bichette rising to the occasion, the Blue Jays 6-2 winners over the Boston Red Sox. Let's step back for a little bit, take a break, come back with more Blue Jays talk on Sportsnet 590, the fan. The 0-1 pitch. There's a smash towards the gap in left center field. Springer's on the run, on the run, on the run. Dives, and he makes the catch! What a play! George Springer, airborne, snatches it out of the sky! Well, yeah, the Blue Jays flashed some leather tonight, and by and large, they have done that for most of the season. A 6-2 win for the Blue Jays over the Boston Red Sox, the first of four games. Game two of the four-game series goes tomorrow night, 7-0-7 at the Rogers Center. And now the Bet365 standings update. Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book with 63 million members worldwide, 19-plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. As we look at the American League East, the Toronto Blue Jays are 11-6. and six. The New York Yankees are 10-6. and six. Tampa Bay is 9-7. and seven. Boston, they've lost for the last five. They are 7-10. and ten. And uh, the Baltimore Orioles are 6-10. and ten. I always just, I don't even really feel like mentioning the Orioles. I know, that I'm, I, I know that's showing a lack of respect, Kevin, for the Baltimore Orioles. But, but really, who cares? It's the Baltimore Orioles, right? <laughs> okay, if you say so. Uh, let's go to Gary in Newfoundland. Gary wants to talk about a play that kind of got lost in the game tonight. But, Gary, I'm glad you're bringing it up because it it's going to allow Kevin and myself to touch on something we've talked about a lot. So have at it, Gary. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Kevin. And I, I'm glad I'm bringing it up and got through and get to chat with you again tonight. A nice early game. Uh, that uh, drag butt, a uh, man there is a uh, supporting cast. Uh, he gets a nomination for an Oscar in Vladdy's uh, <laughs> movie this year. Because to me, I've been waiting for that for so long. I brought it up uh, once before with Tap. Yes, yeah, where's the drag punt? You know, perfect thing. Uh, uh, Bo doesn't get a grand slam without that play. I mean, the little things, that's the supporting cast. And I didn't realize the speed of watching. Oh, holy mac, he's got lightning speed. Uh, you know, they, uh, I've been hearing them talk. He's got great speed. And he showed it off when he ran down the first baseline. So, anyhow, that's my thoughts on that. I, I want to bring that up. Uh, so, maybe here's a suggestion for both of you. Maybe yes. uh, throughout the year, use that uh, supporting cast and nominate somebody once uh, a week uh, on the supporting <laughs> cast area. You know, that's a thing. Gary, that's a hell of an idea because thanks for the call. All we do is we talk about Bo and Vladdy, Bo and Vladdy, George. That's not a bad idea. Maybe we should. Maybe we should do that. Have 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 a have a, sub, a supporting cast, a supporting cast award we give out after every game or maybe every week. I'm going to take that under advisement, Gary. Look, the Red Sox aren't a great defensive team, and we've talked about how, with the composition of the Blue Jays bench as it is right now, with Bradley Zimmer, and with Ryamel Tapia, although he's really not been a bench player in Teoscar's absence, Kevin, they have some players with 
tools they haven't had here before. And we talked about the bunt with Rymel Tapia earlier, uh, where where Tapia was bunting on his own. We didn't know whether Charlie put it on and pulled it off. We were kind of scratching our head. Why why would that happen? We find out that early in the game, Charlie's given players have the freedom to do that. It's one of those things if it works, if it doesn't work out, you better explain yourself, I think is probably what happens. <laughs> but if you want to try it and it works, have at it. I, I thought this was genius with Bradley Zimmer. I, yeah, and I'm not surprised. I'm sitting there watching it and I'm going, he's bunny. I thought he yeah. was I thought he was bunny. Yeah, you can't lose if you're if you're Bradley Zimmer in a close game. You you come up, a guy just got a, a big two strike hit to right field. At the very least here, you're you're moving him to scoring position. Sure. For, for the top of the order coming up. And, and at the at the best case scenario, it's first and second, nobody out exactly what happened. If you're Zimmer, you use that. He's not a great hitter. I know he had a home run in Houston, that little short porch and left, but He's not a great hitter. Every chance you get to do that will keep you in the big leagues longer. you got to remember when Teoscar comes back, somebody's got to be going. And the more guys start hitting and showing that they can do things and contribute to this team and help them win games, they're going to stick around a little longer. And him doing those kind of things is only smart for me. Well, and I'll tell you the other thing, too. I mean, we know that when Teoscar comes back, that is not going to be the end of the injuries for this team. And so far – you know, we know Charlie Montoya's talked about how he likes to see for himself what players are capable of doing. He's talked about that with the bullpen last year. Remember, yeah, you got all these numbers and everything, and I understand I got video. I like to see with my own eyes what a guy is doing. I like to see if he can rise to the occasion. Bradley Zimmer, Zach Collins, I don't know what the immediate future holds for them or the long-term future, I should say. But I guarantee you, if there is another injury at some point and the Jays need to rely on somebody like Bradley Zimmer or Zach Collins, Charlie's going to feel a hell of a lot more more confident in doing it. I, I just, I like the, you know what I like? I like the variety. You know, we talked about addressing the offensive balance of this team, and it's not always left and right. It's give me a different look offensively. Give me some tools I can use offensively to augment what I can do. And for the first time in a long time, Kevin, the Jays have guys that can do that. Yeah, also, too, I like a team that you don't have to tell what to do in situations. Let the scoreboard dictate how you handle your at-bat. And the guy that can go up and handle the bat and can bun a little bit late in a game in a close game, don't be afraid to get the guy in scoring position. You know who's coming up to hit. You know how you've been hitting, which is not great. Help your team out by getting guys on base and and creating traffic. And Bo can come up and get sexy, get jiggy with it. Very quickly before we scoot here, got to ask you about uh, Jose Barrios at the start of the game. The first two balls that were hit off him were 105 miles an hour, 103 miles an hour. Uh, at that point, Kevin, be honest. When you saw that, what were you thinking? When you saw those two balls get hit pretty hard off Jose Barrios, what were you thinking? I was thinking more about this. I mentioned that I like him pitching out of the windup, how much better he was. He started mm-hmm. the first batter off 2-0. and He started the second batter off 3-1. and That's what I was paying attention to, that it, for whatever reason, he's not getting in his lanes out of the windup. Why are you not being able to do that in his last start against the, the Red Sox? He faced six batters, gave up three hits and a run in the first inning. Mm-hmm. So you could tell here, even though the hard contact, he faced three batters through 13 pitches and got out of it and didn't allow a run. That's the most important important thing now it's sort of like sort of like the bow home run you know you're running around the bases now you're thinking man now that's off of me now I can go he got through the first inning and it just seemed like that sort of locked him in a little bit better coming out of the windup 
Yeah, it was, uh, you know, when you look back at that previous start against the Red Sox, I think they had a run. It, it took seven pitches for them to get a run in that start at, at, at Fenway Park, and then Jose Barrios righted the ship. But uh, the same thing here. As we mentioned, you got got some good defense, and you're absolutely right. He was much, much more effective, much more effective against the left-handed hitters today than he was in that previous start. Yeah, he was. Now, what I like about this, now the Red Sox offensively are really struggling. Like, they're hitting a lot of balls hard right at people that they're probably not going to continue to do, so you, you're you thankful for that. But we haven't seen the best Jose Barrios yet. He's had, he's not had his best sinker that I remember. Maybe it's, maybe the second start he had, was it was decent. I know his last start wasn't very good. He basically didn't have one tonight. He really didn't have it again. That, for me, is the equalizer. When he's got that and he's working the four-seamer somewhat around the quadrants of the strike zone and can flip the curveball the way he does and sprinkle the change up to lefties, that's when we're starting to see, you know, the dominant outings, the easier getting through it. You know, I'm facing three or four batters, and I'm, I'm throwing throwing 14 or 15 pitches an inning. That's what yeah, we that's, see. That's, to me, the exciting thing about about the, the the top three in this rotation, about Barrios and Gosman and Manoa, is, Kevin, other than that gem Gosman pitched the last time out, I don't think we've seen the other two guys at their best yet. And yet they've been able to give Charlie six innings plus, which I, I cannot stress it enough helps this bullpen this is this is a good bullpen i'm not certain this is a bullpen you want to be relying on for five innings every night i don't know if there is any maybe the yankees bullpen is the only one in baseball but you don't want to be relying on these guys for five innings every night you got to give them a blow every now and now and again and again we've seen progression from manoa and barrios gossman gets a start tomorrow night he was brilliant in the last start I mean, if you're a Jays fan, come on. We, 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 we've talked about how difficult this part of the schedule is. This is the first of 10 games against the Red Sox, the Astros, and Yankees. I mean, you have to like where this team is right now. Yeah, just think if the wizard, Pete Walker, can figure out Yusei Kikuchi. <laughs> now now you got now you got all kinds of different arms, all throwing it from all different directions, and then you got a lefty who can throw 99 miles an hour. Yeah, that right. is – that's hmm. that's the component right now. I can – I'll take whatever everybody else has given me so far. Even Ross Stripling. I'll take that from Ross Stripling. Mm-hmm. But I got to get more. I got to get more from you, say, Kikuchi. I, I, I really do. And I'll, and I'll tell you the other thing. I think it's hugely important for the Blue Jays that they get, you say, Kikuchi figured out before Hyunjin Ryu comes back into this rotation. I, I, I just think it's absolutely vital that they get him at least to the point where he's capable of going five and two thirds. Yeah, before yeah, well, they get Ryu back, because I'm convinced Ryu's going to be a work in progress all year. You're going to need a solid Yusei Kikuchi to win the American League East. Don't need a great one. You need yeah. a solid Yusei throughout the season to win the American League East. So again, the Toronto Blue Jays six two, beating the Boston Red Sox in the first of four games tomorrow night. 7.07 is the first pitch on Sportsnet 590, the fan and Sportsnet. A reminder that the Red Sox don't have Tanner Houck with them as a result of the Canadian border restrictions. Garrett Whitlock is expected to get the start on Thursday. I know, Barker, you're making that face me too. Garrett Whitlock is expected to get the start on Thursday for the Red Sox. I mean, that's kind of a damned if you do or you know, pick your poison thing between 
Garrett Whitlock and 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 Tanner Houck. I mean, I don't think you're coming out ahead of anybody. But uh, th- this this loss by the Red Sox with Uvalde on the mound has created an interesting situation for the Red Sox because, as Lou Merloni said on our show this morning, Kevin, you know that that there's still this idea, you know. Do you use Garrett Whitlock in that start, or do you need him coming out of the bullpen? You know, Every if the good... Jays, if you, if you're if the Jays, if the Jays go up, go up two nothing in this four game series, it, it's it'll be you'll be forcing you'll be you'll be forcing the Red Sox into making some interesting pitching decisions. Yeah, I think you yeah. got to go with Whitlock as a starter personally. But. Yeah, well I do too. I th- I think best case scenario they want him as a hybrid to to spot start and be that guy that can roam around in the bullpen and throw that dominant stuff. Every good team needs that guy and then you figure out the four days. Right now the Red Sox don't have that guy. That is it for us tonight. Again, a great game for the Blue Jays. A 6-2 win. Bo Bichette with his first career Grand Slam. His first home run since, I believe, the second game of the season. You could tell by the reaction of the Blue Jays' dugout how important that hit was. Not necessarily in the grand scheme of the season. My God, it's still early. But to see Bo Bichette get that type of a hit against this type of an opponent given how things have gone for him early in the year just one of a number of positives for the Blue Jays tonight so that's it for Kevin Barker and myself we'll be on tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and Blair and Barker thanks for listening to Blue Jays baseball served up by the always game ready and I mean always game ready Jack Link's meat snacks feed your wild side Baseball fans.